Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. It really is a such a powerful tool in relationships because conflict comes up when our motivations are conflicting or we like don't understand why someone else is doing something. Hey, my name is Veronica Cisneros, and I am a licensed marriage and family therapist, a mama of three girls, and married for 23 years. I am obsessed with helping you navigate through the seasons of marriage, helping couples like you break free from feeling like roommates. I will teach you the secrets to having a healthy marriage by providing tools and tips to help you reconnect in a way that you can't keep your hands off each other, where flirting and kissing is the norm in your household. Setting intentional time to date, get to know and support each other's dreams and goals so that you can grow together without keeping score or judging one another. Where you feel seen and heard even when you disagree. Where arguments end with mutual respect and understanding. Where you work together to build and strengthen your family so no one feels like they're carrying the weight of the family on their own. These are the necessary skills your children need for you to model so that they develop healthy relationships and thrive in life. This is the Empowered and Unapologetic Podcast. Hey, ladies, welcome to the Empowered and Unapologetic Podcast. I am your host, Veronica Cisneros. We are on part two. Laurel, say what's up. Hello, I'm back. You are back. You are back for round two. So the person that I have right next to me is my husband, and he's giving me the crazy eyes right now because he has no idea what we're about to do. No. Like, at all. At all. So... You want to tell him or should I? <laughs> yeah. So Veronica and I already did a recording that was about the Enneagram. Have you ever heard of the Enneagram? I've heard the name. No. Okay. So you know how some people are like really into astrology and like use it as a way to understand other people and themselves? Sure. This is, this is not astrology. This is based on like what happens after you're born and how your experiences shape what you want and what you're afraid of in the world. Okay. So it like shapes your core motivations in life. Okay. Right. 
There are nine different types. We went through all the nine different types in the previous episode. So listeners, if you're like, wait, what? Just go back to the first episode that I did. And it really is a such a powerful tool in relationships because conflict comes up when our motivations are conflicting or we like don't understand why someone else is doing something, right? Yeah. It's all about the why. It's not exactly what they're doing, but the why. Yeah. I know right? what says is love language and I fill up her bank. She does not do mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, she didn't know what mine is and still does. Ignores it. <laughs> This isn't a free counseling session, hey, honey. It's <laughs> not a free counseling session. Well, okay. So this is this is a great way to talk about like why does Veronica do that, mm-hmm. and then also Veronica, why why does Willie do that, mm-hmm. right? And coming to a, a place of like understanding the core motivation both of you have in life now already went through the system in the previous episode that there are there are nine core motivations and fears here and we give them numbers but they could have been anything they could have been rocks they could have been you know birds whatever they just happen to be numbers and we have a pretty good sense of where veronica is in that like 7 8 territory both like very extroverted very assertive very um like moving towards people and just like tons of energy right yes yeah genius and um and i'm also one of the more extroverted types but it shows up very differently than veronica right <laughs> and i'm getting a sense from you that especially compared to your lovely wife you're a little more withdrawn yeah. right yeah yeah Con- and that yeah. Cautious. Okay. Tell me more about that. Tell me more about being cautious. Well, here we go. <laughs> uh, I I don't know. I think it's just through my own, uh, like you said, experiences um, in my past um, career. Um, I was taught to evaluate people and to, and I went into far off lands where even, even now because of those experiences, some of them be more traumatic than others. I am super cautious of people and evaluate them and um, like look to see like what are their, what are they motivated by? Like what are, what do they have their What's their intent? Um, and so mm-hmm. when I, when I travel, um, when I'm out in public places, I, I look and constantly evaluating people. Um, and so establishing a sense of trust initially and opening up to anybody is not going to happen for me. Okay. It's just okay. even through counseling, that has always been like a, a, a big thing and, and just opening up to any therapist has always been like this, especially with the, the things that this one has taught me. Um, I I like, as they're evaluating me, I'm evaluating them. Um, Absolutely. Because I want to make sure that they're the right fit for me. Um, and so same thing with meeting people. I, I evaluate people and it's just hard to open up until I see that like their values are aligned with mine. Their intent is, is good. Um, from what I see, they're a good person. Um, and so that's where it, it could happen fast, but more often than not, it's slow. Yeah. Over time. And you need to see a demonstrated Correct. pat, not just verbal commitment, but like actual pattern of loyalty and trustworthiness. Yes. yes. You just gave me such insight to a potential Enneagram type that you could be, right? 
But I don't want to just tell you who you are. That's really not how the Enneagram is supposed to be used. It's not supposed to be a party trick to be like, well, you did that because you're a two. No, that's not it, right? It's looking at like both the strengths and the challenges that come with any given type, right? So I'm going to use myself as an example. I'm a type three. That's the, the kind of colloquial term for it is the achiever. I care a whole lot about success and um, looking successful and, but also like wanting some substance to back that up. Like, it's not just that I want to like appear to have everything. It's like, no, I actually want to have everything good. Right. And, and to, um, to be worthy of that um, admiration from others and, and also from myself and sometimes people with the three, so the strength is they're very hardworking and they are, um, really adaptable. They can kind of be whatever the situation requires of them to be successful. And some of the drawbacks is sometimes three struggle to be authentic. They struggle to form really deep interpersonal relationships based on meaning rather than on appearance. And um, so there can be a little bit of shallowness and vanity, and then also a lack of sense of self apart from achievement. So that that's three. Um, but there's no, there's nothing inherently good or bad about any type. Mm-hmm. It's just how healthy are you in the way you express your type, and are you doing the growth work that your type requires? Mm-hmm. So there are people who are very unhealthy versions of every type, and people who are incredibly healthy versions of every type. Now, what you just told me about yourself, it sounds like loyalty and security are major motivation motivators for you. Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell me more about that? Um, well, I, I guess I would say loyalty for one, mm-hmm. my experiences in the Marine Corps, loyalty mm-hmm. was a long way. Um, maybe even before and then, the and then I would say even before that, and I let you yeah. speak. The question was for me. Don't me. get drop kicked <laughs> <laughs> to me. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the loyalty, I would say that I come from divorced parents. Uh, okay. and I would say that uh-huh. that's like really going back as far as you could possibly go. So, um, yeah. not wanting my kids i guess to to have that is mm-hmm. is um being loyal to my family being loyal you know and to because this this to me I, I don't um because of those bad experiences i want to um reverse that experience for my yeah. family and so yeah. um there's there's times where my wife will say why don't you let anybody in like you you wanted like if you could you would put us in a bubble and mm-hmm. or put me in your pocket and uh you know like a kangaroo and put me in your pouch and i go i would i, I and i mm-hmm. would be happy doing that um, I because, would because like i don't want because i don't I want like I, I don't like my fun is my family my best friend is sitting next to me and so mm. for me like that's my my loyalty the security yeah. is also of them and nobody else yeah. like i i okay nobody else is 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 as important um than that so okay okay so usually I would ask like a whole bunch more questions but you zeroed in right on like very like textbook what I'm hearing and I I I love being wrong I love like being surprised but what I'm hearing is very much the type six 
type six, they are literally called the loyalist and they are all about security, loyalty. They are excellent contingency planners. So like, well, if this goes wrong, we have plan B and C. Mm -hmm. And there's a, a really interesting relationship with authority. Now, this also ties into your um, military background. In military, there's very clear hierarchy and like who you report to and chain of command. Mm -hmm. And I'm interested to hear just not separate from the military. How do you feel about people in positions of authority? I come in with respect. Mm -hmm. um, so like if a person is above me, I just, because of what my experiences were in the military, I see them as, as <laughs> more respectful. The same thing with, with the way that I was brought up, mm -hmm. um, elders, I was always brought up no matter what, even if, even if they're wrong, they're in a sense, right. Because they're older. And I was always taught, like, you don't back talk others. Yeah. And yeah. so with, when it comes to like disrespect or something, in the form of a person who appears um, older than me, then a lot of times I tend to take a step back. Mm -hmm. And yeah. she doesn't like it because she was taught differently that no matter what. She knows. Yeah. I'll yeah, break a she, bottle. Yeah. I'm ready to go. <laughs> but for me, because of, of where, I, where I was, and even, even now, I mean, I, I, have a, I have a moment that I can very quickly share. When I got out of the Marine Corps, I had a. Um, I had a time where I, I wanted to try to get away from the military because I was like, this is something that I'm already used to. So I want to try to challenge myself into doing something yeah. totally different. And uh, we had a, we had a teammate of ours, a fellow manager that um, was screwing the pooch on everything um, throughout our operations. And it was mm. th this person who was at fault. Everybody was trying to provide him feedback, not criticism, but feedback to try to help him and help our operations. Well, people that were giving him feedback were like two or three levels above, um, as far as management levels above him. And he was rolling his eyes and just like acting like a child. And I was like, if he does it to me, I'm going to click off safe and I'm going to blast him right here. And, um, and he did as I expected. And, and then he cowered and he just looked down and didn't say anything. And when I told him, look at me when I'm talking to you, um, he, he wouldn't. Um, and I just, but, but it was because a person that we're actually going to be with later on today or tonight, One of our um, she was, she was a, an officer in the Marine Corps. And she mm -hmm. was also many levels above me as far as management wise. And he disrespected her. And I took it mm. personal um, and yeah. I let my emotions get the best of me. And I, and then once it came to me, he also kind of disrespected me. So I, I just blasted him right there and yeah. I let him have it. I didn't hit him, but I was, but this, this really speaks to, would you say, I hear that you have like total mm -hmm. respect and like you totally abide by chain of command, yeah. but is there a certain amount of skepticism or distrust is like, well, this person's in a place of authority. Let me see if they, if they actually are going to like stick up for us and do a good job and do right there by is. us. There is. I, I think yeah. as I've gotten older, I have challenged leadership a lot more, but mm -hmm. I do it in a tactful and professional way. Um, yeah. 
always. And I just, uh, or I, I also have the ability to, um, to change depending on the situation as well as who I'm talking to in the atmosphere. So I tailor my conversations towards, Mm -hmm. towards those things. So like if it's a woman, I tailor my conversations towards a woman. If it's a man, authoritative alpha, then I'll, I have the ability to, to adapt to that as well. Um, Uh Because of I've, I've done negotiating I've done all that type of stuff. So I I know how to get to to um, de-escalate situations. Yeah. So that's fascinating. So in the previous episode, I didn't go into this because the Enneagram is such a complex system and we were just trying to do like a one-on-one overview of the nine types and motivations, but each type actually has access to other types and sixes have access to three which I just described before, like being highly adaptable, being able to read a room, read a person and shift how they engage with that person. So you're, you're just confirming my suspicion here about type six and type six, they can be quite suspicious themselves. Um, Sixes often report a good amount of just general anxiety in the world that there's this kind of attitude like the world is not really a safe place. I build my own safety. And when I venture out of my zone of safety, I have to be on alert. Is that true of you? Yes and no. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, because if I'm with my family, then yes, hypervigilant. looking at everything but if it's in a familiar place then that i feel secure in then yeah. no um okay. but if yeah if it's stuff like that then then yeah more on high alert um mm-hmm. and skeptical to where we're at and saying like no but i was a daredevil child and um so like when that brings when, up yeah so so that brings even, up. and even now i i still will be one to do mm-hmm. like high adrenaline type stuff high risk type stuff and so like when when it comes to like my wife and I's belief and like I, I would say I have no problem with my kids going outside and riding their bikes in the neighborhood and all that stuff my wife would be like hell no we don't know who's going around snatching mm-hmm. children and and I'm like we ain't living in a third world country um, and we live in a good neighborhood um, but her and my belief because of the way that I was brought up like we didn't come home until the street lights came on and we were out outside all day and you only came in yeah. to eat and you went back outside and played. And so that's where I've like believed yeah. as far as our kids and she told mm-hmm. lots to my wife. Yeah. Therapy is really so this <laughs> what was that? Therapy, being a therapist has really ruined that for me. I'm like, nope, I know <laughs> about five people who got snatched up right across the street from their house. And uh, nobody. <laughs> Well, Willie, you, again, like this is just two textbooks. So six is the only type in the Enneagram where there are kind of two presentations of it. One is the the phobic six, which is like just the very fearful all the time. And then there's the counterphobic six. And the way that they are managing anxiety is actually by doing these adrenaline junkie things like skydiving, like going into highly dangerous situations. It's a way to like learn to manage anxiety by like really testing yourself. So it sounds like you have a good amount of that counterphobic instinct, which like, yeah, you do these high risk things and it feels very authentic to you. Yeah. I, I actually find yeah. calmness in high stressful situations. 
Ah, okay. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Like I'm ready to uh-huh. because he's so calm. We've had this conversation, yeah. Laura. Yeah. Because he's so calm, I'm like, break something. Break someone. Uh, like, show me that you're show me that like that there's something going up frustrating. Yeah, for me, me it's like and I'm like, let's fuck some shit up. <laughs> you know? <laughs> just like a quick story. We were fucking we almost died. I could give two shits how you think about it, but we almost died. And we it was like crazy winds. The boat kept on turning off because how bad the waves were hitting the boat. They were hitting them so hard. They were hitting the boat so hard, like the boat turned off. 45 mile an hour winds. Yeah, it was nuts. Not, not a wind. Nobody just, talked. We all had our yeah. life vests, whatever. We like almost died. It was like, and yeah. yeah. And so we're in it and Willie's just like, I'm looking at him and I'm like, okay. And then meanwhile, I'm like, nine, one, one. <laughs> and I'm looking at- 911 doesn't go to the Coast Guard. Oh, well, there is no Coast Guard on the river. Um, and I'm, oh. Yeah, nobody was on the rip. Nobody was on the water, girl. Uh-huh. And so I'm like, 911 and service is bad. Yeah. Can't even call 911. But his ass is just like cool as a cucumber. And I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, it's time to go ahead and practice your emotion regulation skills, Veronica. And I was like, yeah, babe. That's why we balance each other yeah. out so well. I'm like, Dang. well, okay, but this is the purpose of this episode. The purpose of this episode is to talk about how does understanding the Enneagram in a marriage, in a partnership, help you have less conflict and like greater appreciation and love for your partner, right? It, it, it builds that Gottman love map of yeah. like deeply understanding your partner's inner world. So I said in the previous episode, it's like each type is its own computer operating system. Now out in the world, we have like, we have Max and we have, um, uh, oh my gosh, I'm like, yeah, we have Macs and PCs and like, there's also like Linux and like, you know, the home built, but like we have Macs and PCs, right? And, but there are nine operating systems for humans, <laughs> right? And now of course each person is individual, but like core programming wise, Right. If you can understand your partner's core programming, there's no limit to how close and in love you can be and how much you can show love to your partner, right? So this it, this description of you two being on the boat and Veronica's like, why isn't he freaking out? I'm freaking out, yeah. right? And you're just like, no, this is me. Now, do you understand what was motivating her in that moment? What was going on for her? She was thinking... We're gonna die. I'm gonna lose my family. Uh-huh. Um, and this Willie is doesn't this, give a this, shit. This, this is it. That's what I was yeah. thinking. Willie doesn't he give a shit. He don't care. I'm gonna have he's to save. Uh, so I'm gonna have he's to save everybody. Us, which she can't. Yeah. Anybody. She can't even save herself. <laughs> <laughs> I have to save everybody. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what. I'm yeah. Tell. Well, so boyfriends, mom, like, yeah. So we were dead. Veronica, yeah. we haven't, we haven't, we haven't narrowed down your type. It's definitely seven or eight, but we haven't figured out exactly. So. I don't, you, you're a very busy lady. So I don't expect that you've, you've been researching since we last met, but question. Actually, I'd be, I'd be interested to hear from Willie. Would you say that your core motivation is, um, to be in control and to like have your autonomy or would you say your core motivation is to be content and have fun? Mm, I'll give the answer I give at work. It depends. Okay. Um, I would say B. That's a very secure answer. Yeah. 
I just say be content um, yeah. and fun. Con- yeah, I guess I Content be- and fun. Content. Yeah. I'm I'm content with where I'm at. I can have fun all yeah. the time with where I'm at and, and with my little bubble. Yeah. When we go, oh no! So I'm asking for Veronica. What's Veronica's oh. core motivation? Oh, uh, so I'm say it again. So is it to have be in control and have autonomy? You say that control. Okay, for five thousand. Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. So so it sounds like, and of course, Veronica. I always say I love to be wrong. But it sounds like you might be an eight, right? <laughs> now, I, now I've also said I love female eights because female eights have like said f that to all of the like feminine programming. Like you have to be nice, you have yeah. to smile, you have to go along with other people. No, Bullshit. like you are empowered and unapologetic, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Now I also know that you love to have a lot of fun, yeah. right? But it's, I think that's secondary yeah. to like being. Ultimately, in your being... autonomy. I like both, yeah. though. Like, I like both. I yeah, like you're equally right. both. You're Brendan. Calm the hell down. I think <laughs> I like both. You're having a very eight response <laughs> to him <laughs> saying you're an eight. <laughs> oh, no. All right. So if, if you were to hear about a couple who, like, one partner's core motivation is autonomy and control, and the other partner's core motivation is security and loyalty. Okay, is it crazy? What? The first question to you right now is, are they a client of mine or is this just random? This is, no, it's not a client okay. of yours. It, although you can't, I mean, you can't really turn off clinician brain. I know that. But what what would be some of the issues you would think would come up for this couple that isn't you? Okay. Autonomy and control, uh-huh. security and loyalty. What, type of what conflicts come up there? Oh, yeah. I, I see. Okay, I see too. So a couple mm-hmm. things. Um, I think I think one of the biggest things that would come up is contempt. A thousand percent contempt. Oh, okay. One of the reasons why is because, I mean, I don't do this, but <laughs> <laughs> I think I think one of the things that might happen in that type of relationship, and I'm thinking about a couple clients. I know I wasn't supposed to, but whatever. Um, I, I see it as like, I need to go ahead and make sure I provide some level of safety and some level of organization mm-hmm. by proving to you why there has to be some sense of order. Um, and so I see maybe the person that's more in control, not me, but the person that's more in control as attempting to find some way to either manipulate, convince the other point mm, that mm-hmm. order is yeah. necessary in order for there to be some level yeah. of flow. Yeah. Or just, or just, you know, that, that they are correct or that they should be in charge. Yeah. Right. Like these are like kind of a power struggle. Yeah. A power struggle yes. would probably come up. Right. Yeah. yeah. What do you think would be challenging for the six, the more security and loyalty oriented one about someone that needs a lot of autonomy? Um, I think for the six, are we talking about Willie or just in general? Just in general, right? In general. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, I was going to totally. We're not doing a whole couples therapy yeah. session, but They're off the clock. But thinking about it objectively helps it like remove it from you to be like, all right, if we have these two operating systems, what's going to, what translation software has to happen 
for these two people to love each other deeply. I think for the other one, the biggest hurdle would be, um, I think for the other one, the biggest hurdle might be the lack of independence because now it's laser focused on them being dependent on or feeling as if they're being dependent or forced on being on somebody Uh else's um, role. Um, And then I think another thing that might come in between um, the two of them is um, that feeling less than, you know, that, that Mm. not necessarily feeling as if they are less than, but feeling as if they're being convinced and invalidated and, and, superior Ah, right like I feel like that would definitely come up like I'm constantly being invalidated by this individual and then my 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 ability to be independent is also being constantly questioned um so yeah I could see that going wrong Mm -hmm. well not us duh because we're perfect but like for other ones yeah Yeah. I'm totally shit right it's not happening The passion is so low these days that I feel parenthood and other commitments are taking control. I want to feel like it's me he wants to spend time with. Yeah, I've said those exact words a hundred times to my friends after realizing that the man I said I do to wasn't the same person. Or was I just imagining it? But here's what I finally realized that changed things for me almost overnight. I started to use four simple and effective steps that changed our communication and connection for the better. As a licensed marriage and family therapist, I got excited and started showing my clients and they too were seeing changes instantly. Whether you've been married for one year or 15, these tips work and I can't wait to share them with you. Girl, I got you. I want to personally invite you to my live two-hour online workshop. This is for moms who have said, the empty promises just aggravate me so much. He says he will do something or take care of something, then he doesn't. Communication has always been a weak point for us. He says things without thinking. I try to logically work through things and he reacts emotionally. I try to say what I feel in a constructive manner. He takes it personally and attacks me. Boundaries are a confusing topic for me because I am a helper. I have this innate need to help anyone I can. So if this is you and you are ready to get off this hamster wheel, then allow me to guide you through this four-step process. I can't wait to meet you personally. So again, this is a two-hour live workshop. And for whatever reason, if you cannot attend, girl, I got you. This will be recorded, which means you will have lifetime access. This is for women only. If you are ready to go from roommates to lovers, then let's go ahead and step outside of our comfort zones together. Allow me to guide you. If you're ready, what I'd like you to do is go to empoweredandunapologetic.com forward slash workshop. Again, that is empoweredandunapologetic.com forward slash workshop. Get ready, mama, because we are about to do some work. Yeah, I mean, some of the eight's desire for autonomy and like being totally empowered might compromise the six's need for security. Yeah. Right? It's like the eight wants to be big and in the world and wants to take risks. And the six is like, that feels bad to me. Yeah. Right? 
Yeah. Yeah. And then for the six, like, I really need you to be here. I need like a certain amount of like dependability and, and the eight experiences that is constraining. Yes. Yeah. So, so that was that over right second now. part. So I was just going to say that right now, just kind of what you said, we just went over right now, like our financial stuff and, and going over with mm-hmm. our, our financial plan or whatever it was. And he, and he was just one of the things that we were arguing about. And I was like, well, that decision is something we can do in, in the beginning of 2026. My wife's like, no, let's move that to 2025. And I go, no, let's move it to 2026 because I'd rather be more conservative and ensure that we're, we're, we're financially secure and able to do those things. And right away, I'm and like, that's true. She's like, no, I need that right now. Like, yeah. we can do- She doesn't want to be constrained yeah. and you are thinking long-term security. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And Veronica, I would guess that you in theory love that about him, that he's very much about security and like ensuring you have a future, but you hate when it impinges on the fun. Yes, because the first thing uh-huh. that I thought when of, I tell her she can't do something. Yeah, she I'm like, like bullshit. Watch me. Watch me. <laughs> Listen, I have had that experience with Veronica too. We were in Nashville and she was like, Oh, can I buy this on the company card? And I was like, No, you cannot. <laughs> and she didn't like that. Yeah. I didn't buy it on the company card, but I was like, I can see a way. You didn't. You did the right thing. You did the right mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but you did yeah. not like me telling you no. No, I was like, Laurel, oh, I thought we were yeah. fucking homies. What's you know going what? on I'm gonna, here? I'm going to buy it anyway. That's what she does. <laughs> I can learn. Like, watch me. I wasn't actually, I wanted to sound like I was it? asking for your, for your permission. That was cute. Uh-huh. I was just going to do it anyway. I was going to do the shit anyway. Uh-huh. No. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, so do you see how just like understanding the operating system deconstructs common problems? Yeah. Right? You know, yeah. with what you're saying, it kind of brings me to, um, we had we did, we had an argument a while back last year. Um, and one thing that really helped us was knowing this about us, you know, where Willie didn't personalize it and I didn't personalize it. It was about like, it was a networking event. And you didn't know it was a networking event. You thought it was like a you and me event. Oh, yeah. 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 And yeah. I was like, mm, networking event. Um, and so Willie would, you know, one thing that was really good about like Willie was he was like, just let me know it's a networking event. If it's a networking event. He likes to know so yeah. that he can I make wanted, contingency yeah. plans. Just like today, I wanted to know like the contingency plan. <laughs> you know. Oh. Right. Exit plan. Sorry, <laughs> you have one. I made the decision. Me and yeah. Laurel made the decision for you. <laughs> just kidding. No, I, I, I yeah. like. I just, I want to know the plan ahead of time so I know like what my role is, and, yeah. and then so it's not something that's just I'm I'm caught off guard and I I have a different vision of how this is gonna go and it doesn't yeah. go that way and I'm like I feel let down. Yeah. Um, mm. And so that's what ended up happening. She had a whole yeah. agenda on how she's seen her night going. I had a whole agenda on how I see my night going. We failed yeah. to see how each other's night was going to go together um, yeah. or even at times apart. Yeah. And so there was just miscommunication. And, I, and yeah. in the end, I had just said, suggested, just let me know in advance. And I'll support mm-hmm. either, either way. If I'm yeah. just here to be your, your fly boy and, you know, and, and you do your, you do your thing, then, then that's what I'll be. But if it's, if it's to, you know, we're going to do this together and, just have a good time and enjoy a night out, then, then cool. Yeah. I'm with that too. But yeah. yeah. Well, eights are really good at winging it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm like, Fuck they have, we'll figure out the plan on our way. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. no. well, that's, there's a lot more... of seven in that too, but yeah. yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I think that 
they actually apes don't always love plans they feel boxed in by them it's like well what if i want to do this i don't want to feel like i've already committed to this and this and this right Mm -hmm. so with this enneagram thing can somebody be like a combination of things kind of like the disc assessment where you have like oh yeah or yeah no so you you have one primary type that is your type your whole life it doesn't change um, and then everyone has a wing that is on one side. So Willie, you could have a five wing or you could have a seven wing. I don't know. You can, you can, you can discover that on your own. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of move to different types in stress and in growth. Mm-hmm. We all have access to a little bit of each type. Like there's going to be parts of every type that we're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. I feel that way sometimes, mm-hmm. but I like to think of it as like, we have one main house. And then we have like a vacation house, which is our wing that we like have access to and kind of can get us up out of some of the bad stuff about our type or the challenging stuff. But no, you stay your type your whole life. Um, And uh, I also like to say like, there's no bad types. There's also no bad combinations of types, you know, six and eight, they're going to have certain challenges, but you two have clearly made it work. What is it? 23 years now? 24. 24. Okay. Well, see, like you can make any combination work if you're both willing to do the work and to really understand what motivates your partner and why they're behaving that way, not just being frustrated that they're behaving that way. Yeah. So I, I love the Enneagram as a tool for couples. No, I like it. Um, this is, this is, this is, it kind of sounds like this sort of speeds up that process for building love maps. Right, yes, like, it does. It, Understanding one another. Yeah, better. yeah, definitely. Because um, with building love maps, there's a lot of questions, and obviously, there's a lot of questions involved. But there's a, you know, in in like couples therapy, it takes a, a a good amount of time building up the couples so that they're not personalizing it, and they recognize like, no, 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 this is just sort of like their genetic makeup. And if you can look at it yeah. from that perspective, then you're more of this like, ah, it makes sense why. My husband or my wife operates that way and it's not an attack towards me, you know? Yeah. It's also very trauma informed, right? Like Willie, you said like your parents' divorce really shaped how you are in the world Mm -hmm. and um, we can heal from our trauma, but it also programs us. You know, we may not have trauma triggers. We may not be reactive to it, but it still has shaped us, you know? And yeah, Veronica, what you're speaking to is just like having a deep understanding of your partner's inner world. I shared in the last episode, I met my fiance. I was like, that is a five. Mm -hmm. We are going to approach very gently. We're going to focus on thoughts and ideas and language and like forming a strong intellectual connection, going very slow and giving lots of space, lots of alone time. And, um, and my fiance instantly felt seen, heard and understood without having to tell me this is who I am and how I operate. Now, if I hadn't known the Enneagram, I wouldn't have known to behave that way. So we talked in the last episode about like, you can use, it's not just for marriage. It's also with your kids. It's also with your employees and coworkers and bosses it's anytime you have a general sense of someone's core fears and motivation, you can be more loving and communicate better with them and have better relationships and be more effective in the world. Definitely. Yeah. 
what so yeah. what so for somebody that I mean obviously we like when I took the test I told you mine was like when I took the test it gave me the um told you you were a three. two or a three yeah it told me I was a yeah. three being two um and I'm like that yeah it makes sense um <laughs> right um so and I think I asked this question the last time um, mm-hmm. what would you get, what would you advise? So somebody who's just kind of like listening to this podcast and are like, Oh shit, mm-hmm. I want to go ahead and do that trick on my husband or on me or whatever. Like <laughs> what would be the first step? Yeah. Cause I could already hear women. Going, yeah. Oh fuck. I'm totally going to try to voodoo <laughs> yeah. my husband and figuring out what, what number he is. Right. You know, I need to give him <laughs> right? some time. Yeah. Well, you can't determine someone else's type for them. Right. Again, I love to be wrong. So Willie, Veronica, if you decide to read up yourselves and you're like, oh, I'm not a six. I'm a nine. Okay, great. Got me all confused. Um, but if you want to learn more and I would start with yourself, not your partner, right? You have more access to your own inner world. Um, I well, so on my website, laureltherapy.net, we have a whole section on the Enneagram. And, um, I also recommend enneagraminstitute.org. And then I recently become familiar with an author, Suzanne Stabile, and I really like her approach to the Enneagram. It's very, um, it's very holistic and it's very like non-pathologizing. Some of the older Enneagram work is more like, here's what's wrong with this type. And it's like, no, like we're all, we're all doing the best we can, you know? Um, and other than that, there are some really cool, um, like YouTube content creators. Um, but the, the thing as you're reading and familiarizing yourself with Enneagram is just to remember that it should feel really dynamic. It shouldn't feel static. It shouldn't feel like, well, this Enneagram type is this type of Halloween candy because Halloween candy is static. This is like a very like moving and flexible way of being even though you stay your same type like you can be healthier in that type yeah so with with this with the assessments if you're to do it by yourself and not just for myself but for others that are listening Mm -hmm. um what would you say because i could tell you right now that that i can adapt the test to what i people deceive me as or the outcome i wish to 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 make this test go that way um, yeah. I think that in, in the way that we're doing it right now, it's more authentic. You can see based yeah. off of my responses and not through me trying to make myself seem like, per, you know, give the perception, um, mm-hmm. going to be more of a, uh, a true way of getting yeah. that idea of what it is versus. I don't recommend tests at all. Actually, mm-hmm. I don't recommend doing the assessments because the assessments really only measure behavior. And like you said, it's really easy to manipulate them. If you want the world to see you as a two, then you're going to present yourself in the way that looks like a two, even if your core motivation is more like a seven, right? Or, um, or a four, right? We're looking at what truly motivates you. What's deep in there that is the motivation for all your behaviors. Tests can only measure behavior. So, you know, I think just reading and familiarizing yourself with the system, that's really the best way. I don't think the assessments are good. And there are many out there. Mm-hmm. Some of them are paid tools. Some of them are just like, you know, BuzzFeed quiz. Yeah. <laughs> and I haven't found any that I like. Um, they often tell women that they're a two and men that they're an eight because those are kind of very like gendered oh. types. 
yeah. eight being a very masculine type, which is why I love when women have like, you know, defied mm -hmm. the social conditioning. And I love when men are twos and they are nurturing and caring and giving. Um, so, um, but yeah, it, it just, it, it's, I think pretty much everyone gets mistyped when they take an assessment. Yeah. So reading through the types and when you read one, that's like, Ooh, that's uncomfortable. Are they watching me? Are they in my head? That's a clue that it could be your type. Yeah. It yeah. sounds like the best way to really, really get an idea of where you're at is by going to Laurel's website. That's right. That's you got to right. go to Laurel's website. Yeah. She did an amazing job with both of us. Mm -hmm. And now you have tricky. a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you guys have a better understanding, a clear understanding of the benefits from this Enneagram. And Laurel, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being on and being so like just like No, this is this is right? insightful. It just let me know more about myself. Yeah. Yeah. Where I am in the world. And that's that's really the beauty. I mean, it we need to use the Enneagram first on ourselves. First we need to do our own work and to be the healthiest version of our own type that we can be. And then we can start using it in our relationships. Yeah. Being like, oh, okay. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Now we know yeah. why I need to always be in control and you just you need to go with the flow. Well, it was so fun. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for jumping on and doing this. This was amazing. Did yeah, you this like this? Right? Totally feel yeah. your right? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> well, I'll see you again soon, Veronica and Willie. I'm sure. I'm sure you'll be around. I'll see you again. Of course. I mean, All maybe. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have a good one. All yeah. of this information will be in the show notes. Um, Laurel, again, can you tell us where we can find you on social media? And then can you give us that website one more time? Yeah. My website's laureltherapy.net and we do offer Enneagram therapy. So if you know your type and you're wanting to be the best kind of four that you can be or the best kind of six you can be we can help you out with that California, Florida, and Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And then, um, our social Instagram, our Instagram is Laurel therapy collective. Boom. Thank you again, Laurel. Thanks so much. All right. Bye. Thank you. What's up ladies. Just want to let you guys know that your ratings and reviews for this podcast are greatly appreciated. If you love this podcast, please go to iTunes right now, write a review, rate the episode and subscribe. Don't forget to share it with your friends. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us from ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities. Addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there.